want to focus our attention on Jesus and the cross and about things that matter to him. It's about, it's about for us as Christians, the, our bucket list should be about things that matter. Okay? Not getting caught up in the things of this world because we understand that, you know, we understand that this world is not our home. We're just passing through, right? We're like, we're light in the middle of the darkness and we don't want to get too hung up on the world and led astray by the world, caught up in it, right? To the point that we're not even, uh, we're not even considering the things that are most important to God. So we want to begin to think about that as we move forward. Things that matter, things that matter to God, and things that make an eternal difference. That should be what goes into our bucket list, is things that make an eternal difference. And to those things, you know, maybe you can even begin to think about some of those things. To those things, we should say, like, go for it. Like, go for it. You know, if you get a chance, to, I, don't have a, I don't have a bucket list at all. I never did. If you get a chance to do something crazy, do it. You know, go for it. But we should be about things that matter, right? Some, some crazy things that matter, that matter to God. And, and out of this clip, a couple things kind of come to mind as I kind of watch the clip again. And the first thing is this, the first question that kind of comes to our mind is this, have you found true joy? In the clip we saw, he said, you know, one thing I want you to do is find joy, find joy. And, and my encouragement to us is, question to us is, have you found true joy? True joy. You know, there's all kinds of things out there that make us what I would consider HH, humanly happy. Right? There's a lot of things we could do with our life, a lot of fun things we can go chase after, run after, you know, trips and events and cruises and vacations and money, cool stuff, people, food, skydiving, mountain climbing, all these things, many things in life that are designed to bring us pleasure as human beings. You know, there are all those things. They are there. They're there. But in the kingdom of God, you know, as members of the kingdom of God, our joy true joy, like really deep down joy, isn't in stuff. It's not in stuff. You know, and if we get too sucked into looking for tr our pleasure or joy in stuff, we're going to be disappointed. We're going to miss the mark. And so our stuff isn't in joy. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, Paul writes and he says to Timothy, command those who are rich in this present world, not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. You see what he says there? He says, like, when it comes to, like, when it comes to your happiness and your joy, Paul says, don't put it in stuff. Don't put it in, in the things of this world, in the riches of this world, because what that tends to do, not for everyone, but for a lot of people, and you probably know people like this, is it begins to puff people up to think that they have this false sense of security, that, that they have reached happiness because they have treasures, or they have money, or they have stuff. And he says, but to put their hope, or to put their hope in like wealth, because wealth is so uncertain. Like how many times do we read about it or see it or the stock market just goes up and down and, and there's people who jump off bridges because of it. Because they put their hope in things that are uncertain. Right? There's no guarantees. He says, no, why would you put your hope in those things? 
Why would you look for joy in things that you can't really control in the end? They're going to control you in the end. But he says, but you put your hope in God. And here's what God will do. God richly provides us with everything. And notice what he says, for our enjoyment. And so if we're going to look for joy, this true joy, it ought to be in the things of God, the things that matter to God. And when we seek those things, we will find joy, the joy of God in our life, the joy in this world that God has for us. And next verse, God tells us uh, where true joy is found, right? In that verse 18, or how we attain joy. And here's what he says. Don't chase after treasures and stuff. He says, command them to do good. Command God's people to do good, to be not rich in wealth and money and fame and all those things, but to be rich in good deeds. And to be generous and willing to share. We talked about the kind of world we want to live in upstairs. We even got to throw out all the possibilities. We started with a blank globe. And we created a, a new world for us. I don't think they were happy with it at the end. But, but like God says, you get to choose. Like you get to choose. Do you, want a, do you want a world that is all about riches and things that don't matter? Or do you want to live in a kingdom where everything that is connected to God matters and it's eternal and it's good and it's about serving one another, it's about loving other people and it's about being generous, it's about sharing with others. Like what kind of world do you want to be surrounded by really? Right? We get to choose that. We get to decide what, what we're going to do to contribute to this world. And, and, and if we want to find true joy, it, it's not going to be found in stuff. You know, it's not going to be found in stuff. And I know we all, we all have stuff. We've talked about that. We all have stuff, right? We all do. Too much. <laughs> we all have stuff. And we all get stuff. And we all, you kind of living in this world, need some stuff. But don't, don't, don't think for a minute that stuff is going to do it for you. Most people look for joy in fun things, right? I mean, that's where people turn. You talk to your friends at work. Or your neighbors, and they're going to tell you where, you know, you ask them where they, where they go for joy, where they find joy. And most people are going to say, we, we find it in fun things and going out and having a blast, going to the bar, going to a ball game, going to whatever. You know, we find it in stuff. That's what people do. But if, if I told you, well, but what if I told you that true joy comes through pain and hardship and trials? See, you wouldn't want anything to do with that. We don't want anything to do with that kind of joy. That's like the opposite of what we think. Like we think joy is in, in like entertainment and fun, fun, fun for me. And God says, no, that's not where joy is at all. True joy is, it comes through hard times. Check out this. True joy comes through hard times. Hard times. <laughs> hard times. Slide, ladies. Hard times. All right, true joy comes through hard times, right? <laughs> and, and Paul is talking in 1 Peter, or Peter's talking in 1 Peter, and he says some things to the church there and to the people there. Uh, and these people are going through hard times, right? We, we kind of know what Peter's about. He's writing to the Christians. They're being persecuted at that very time, right? They're being like uh, burned at the stake by Nero because, because he's trying to appease the people around him. And so he's going after the Christians. He's killing them. He's He's murdering them. And so Peter writes, and, and Peter says, look at what he says in verse 6, Peter says this, In all of this, 
you greatly rejoice. Now, what he's talking about is a new birth that we have into a living hope. That's what he's talking about. He's saying, we have this new birth in Jesus. We have a living hope that's outside this world. And we have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff we need. Right? That's what we want. That's what we should be seeking after. An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Everything else we chase after on our bucket list will perish, spoil, and fade. And God says, I have an inheritance that you can chase after if you want that will never perish, spoil, or fade. That's what he's talking about. And then he goes on to say this. So so keep that in mind. That's that's what you can chase after if you want. He says, though now for a little while, you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. These have come, and this is what God is trying to do in my life and in your life. These trials, these things, these troubles have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, gold, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Peter says to us, if you want true joy, it's going to come through trials. It's going to come through a, a, a process on the earth where God is able to work on you and refine you from the inside out. It's not about bungee jumping and, and airplane rides and you know all the cool stuff that we, we can do on this planet. It's not about those things. It's about God using things in this world to make you a stronger person on the inside. And the result of that is a true joy in your heart. Right? Joy that we search for in this world is like that Monty Hall joy, right? Remember that? Let's make a deal joy. You know, where people are picked from the audience and they come running up, yelling and screaming, and door number one, door number two, curtain number three, and they get prizes and they can trade them in for other prizes and happy, happy, joy, joy stuff. You know, they go hysterical. Like if you won the lottery, like, like man, if I could just win the lotto, you know, my life would be awesome. I could buy anything I want. Right? That's what we think. That's what we think. Isn't it? I mean, that's what we think. Like, humanly, that's what we think. We think the world. It's about the stuff of the world. If I collect enough stuff, I'll be happy enough. And it's just not true. The problem, the problem is this with earthly treasures is that, they one, they don't last. They don't last. You know, that cool thing you bought a couple years ago is probably at Salvation Army or Goodwill or, you know, maybe probably in the dump. Who knows where it is, right? It doesn't last. It was cool, it was awesome when you first bought it, smelled new, looked new, was the coolest thing ever, and now it's trash. It doesn't last. The other thing, problem with treasures, earthly treasures, they bring more problems than, they, than they're good for, right? Like you may think that if I have this, man, it's going to make my life easier, but what it does is complicate your life. Because now you've got to take care of that thing. So, so it makes you less available to God, it makes you less uh, poorer because you're pouring stuff into this thing. You have less time to do what really matters. And now you slowly, one by one, we're being sucked into doing things that don't matter at all. 
treasures, earthly treasures. They bring more problems than good. And the other thing that, that these things, these earthly treasures do, the problem is this. They never satisfy us deep down, right? They leave us empty. They don't do it. They just, like, there's this, this, this shallow, like, awesomeness. And after a while, it's just like, I'm still not fulfilled. It didn't do it. It's like we're going searching for things that fill us, and we're never going to find them in stuff. We're only going to find them through hard times. The Bible talks about another kind of joy, and it comes from a totally different place than the stuff of this world. And it's only found, it's only found by us, by people, if you let go of the worldly pleasures that you're seeking after. You have to let go of those things, surrender from those. True joy comes through hard times that are suffered with Christ because those are the things that really matter. Those are the things that build you up from the inside out. And if you try to find joy from the outside in, it will only go so deep. It won't go where it needs to go. Surface stuff. It's worldly stuff. The Bible speaks of a great joy, an inexpressible joy, right? In 1 Peter, a little later, verse 8, Peter says this. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Woohoo! That's Jesus, right? And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and you are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, right? <laughs> Peter says this, you know, you haven't seen Jesus, we haven't seen Jesus, we just, we know he exists, we've seen evidence that he was here and the things that he did, and there are eyewitnesses that saw him, and we have the testimony of the scriptures, and we know what he's doing in our lives, and we see what he does around us in people that love him. So we see Jesus, even though we haven't seen Jesus. And he says, in, in this, in these things, in, in knowing that he is there, we are filled. We are filled. That fills us, knowing what he did for us, even on the cross. Like, fills us. Because when we sing those words that we just sang about what Jesus did for you and for me. Because he loves you and me. Because the planet was lost and is lost and headed on a collision course with hell. And Jesus reached down and, 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 and became one of us and gave us a way out that we don't, have to, we don't have to perish with the world. And he's given us a bridge back into his kingdom. If you'll take the bridge, if you'll say, I love you, Lord, I need you, Lord, I want to walk with you, Lord, we can, we can escape where, the, where this world is headed. And when we understand that, we are filled with this inexpressible and glorious joy. The world can't give you that. You can't have enough money to get that. Right? There's nothing on the planet that's going to give you that to satisfy you like that. We have this immense, eternal, internal, external joy because of what Jesus has done, right? And, and look what he says in verse 9, Peter goes on to say, for you, right, we got this, this inexpressible and glorious joy, and he says, for you, you are, are, are receiving, you're already receiving the end result of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. That's joy. That's true joy, to know that God is already at work in me. I have already got his, the eternal investment that I have made in God because I believe in him, and the eternal investment seed that he has planted in me is already paying off in this world because, because true joy only comes in a relationship with Jesus. You're not going to get it any other way. True joy. 
So, number one, have you found true joy? Have you found true joy? Have, have, has, is true joy comes only in the salvation that we have in Jesus, in Christ alone, right? In Christ alone, that's what Peter said. In Christ alone will I glory. Not in stuff, you're not going to find it there. It's not going to come, it's not going to come by having a cush life. It's going to come through suffering and trials and letting God work in your heart and make you who he wants you to be. That's how it's going to come because we live in this fallen world and his joy when it comes is inexpressible. It makes everything else you could ever do, your any bucket list out there look like child's play in comparison because it's deep and it's rich and it's in you. Movie clips that matter, right? Movie clips that matter. Bucket list. That's what we're talking about. And, and so the first question is, have you found true joy? The second question is this, what's on your bucket list? What's on your bucket list? I know none of you raised your hand except Kevin with the bananas. And, and, and maybe you don't have a list. I, I guess most of us don't have a list, but I think we all kind of think of things that we, I, I would do that if I had the chance, you know, if I had the money or if I was in the right place at the right time and it was... Uh, uh, you know, available to me, I'd probably go for that. That might be cool. So we, I think we have an unwritten bucket list. I think most people, you know, we have that. But, 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 but what's on your bucket list? Like, like what what's matters to you most? You know, really, what, what matters most to you? You think about your life. You think about, you know, getting older. You're going to be a grandpa. Wait, I already am. That's scary. Um, and then you realize one day you're just going to get older and older and older and, and you're going to die. It's going to be over. You know, and you begin to think the older you get, like, really what's important? You know, the things that are important when you were 16 <laughs> really don't matter anymore now you're 60 or 70, right? These things are just like in the past. They're gone. But, but as you get closer to that point of, 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 of being more mature and realizing that life is more than stuff and, and doing things, what, what's really important? What's on your bucket list? And let me just say this, the overarching goal for all of us, I think for everyone on the planet, but specifically for us in a, in a real important way is this, that I experience life to the fullest. Hey, that's, that's what I think is on everyone's bucket list. Even a non-believer, like they just want to like go for it all, right? But their idea of life to the fullest and our idea of life to the fullest are two different lives to the fullest, right? And, and so we all, I think, want to live and experience a full life, like, like grab everything you can kind of life. We all look for that. We're just looking at different places. In John 10, Jesus said this, he says two things in this. He says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. And Jesus then went on to say, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So Jesus' will for all of us is that we would have life to the full. Like that's his goal for us, that we would have abundant life. The problem is we go looking for it in the wrong places. We go looking for it in the things of this world rather than the things of God. And so what we need to adjust in our thinking as we think about what's really important and what's on my bucket list is the things of God. Two things jump out from this first right here, right? One is this. First of all, the devil's desire is to rob you. His desire, get this, his desire is to give you all the stuff you could ever put on your bucket list so that you will put all your hope and trust in the stuff of the world. Have it all. 
All the riches of the world. And he robs you, and he kills you, and he destroys you because those things go nowhere. They're empty. They're empty. They're just that false wall that you jump into and you get to the other side of the wall and it's like there's nothing there. It's empty. It's bare. And by the time you figure it out, it's too late. Right? The thief, he comes to rob you, to steal, kill, and destroy. And then the second thing that Jesus says in this, he says, but I came to give you life, like real life, full life, abundant life. And so we're only going to find that kind of life in Jesus, full life. So if you're searching for life abundantly in Jesus, you're going to find it. If you're looking for it in the world, you're going to find a fake, false, phony fun. That's what you're going to find. It's going to be fun. You're going to go, ha ha, rah, rah. And you're going to be left with a hangover and be robbed, still killed and destroyed. That's what's going to happen. God just clearly tells us this. All we got to do is like understand it and do it. So what should be on our bucket list? Somebody asked me, what should be on our bucket list? Say that. What? Thank you. Thank you, Bernie. What should be on our bucket list? I'm going to tell you, Bernie. Some things that should be on your bucket list. Some things that are important for our bucket list. Here you go. Four quick things and we're done. Number one is this. Here's what should be on your bucket list. You're going to want to write these down. Number one on your bucket list should be my personal life and growth in Jesus. That's where it has to begin is in your own life. Your number one priority, priority on your bucket list should be that I am, I am walking with the Lord. I am walking in a relationship with Jesus. We know how important this is, right? We just spent like, we spent five weeks uh, talking about our core values, how important prayer is. That in 2019, we're going to bring the Word of God. We're going to bring the sense of belonging together, that we're going to, the teachings of Jesus and the mission of Christ and all these things that we're going to do. We're going to be investing in, in personal spiritual growth for myself. That should be on the top of your list, that I am going to stay as close to Jesus as I possibly can. If that's all you do, you're in good shape. Right? If that's all you do, you're going to be just fine. And, and, then, and then with that, what we're going to do is we're going to put ourselves in places where we can grow in our faith. That's huge. It's not enough just to want to grow in your faith. If you don't ever open the Word of God and dig into it, you're not going to. You could want to all you want. If you don't sign up and go on a mission trip or go serve somewhere or, or give of yourself for the cause of Christ, you're not going to grow in your faith. It's not going to happen. So part of our own personal life and growth means that we're going to put ourselves in places where God can mold us and shape us and move in us and open our eyes in ways that he doesn't in the normal walk of life because we get kind of locked in. So we need to just put ourselves out there a little bit and let God work, right? Let God work. That's what we do. In, uh, Paul said in Ephesians 4.16, look what he says. He said, from him, the whole body joined, held together by every supporting ligament. It grows, and look what it does. It builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We read that last week, and that's a beautiful verse about all of us working together to grow ourselves up, to build ourselves up by putting ourselves under the lordship of Christ. Let him use you. Let him push you. Let him challenge you. Make it uncomfortable. If you, all you do is stay comfortable, you're never going to grow. You're going to just stay where you are and die. Comfort is, is the killer of life. 
But life is found in being challenged and pushing yourself and letting God walk with you in new places. The second thing is this. Priority number two is this. First, we're going to focus our bucket list. Number one is on our personal growth and life in Jesus. The second thing is this, to pass our faith on to our kids and our grandkids. That is huge. You better write that down. You better write that down. The, the, the number two thing on my bucket list is to let my kids know who Jesus is and, and make sure I'm doing everything in my, my power to help them see Jesus and me and I'm living by faith and they see that happening and they're hearing the word of God and I'm putting them in places where they will grow in their faith too because their salvation is most important. First, I've got to be right with God. I can't tell them to be right with God if I'm not. So i got to get myself right first. But then they're right there. My kids and my grandkids. That's the, that's the, the second most important thing in the world. Psalm 78 says this, We will hide these truths, or, or, or we, will, we will not, I'm sorry, we will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power, and about his mighty wonders. The psalmist says, we're not going to hide what God is doing in our life and what he's done in our life and what he's done in the past and what he's doing today. We're not going to hide that. We want our kids to be a part of that. We want them to experience that. So you could, you could, you could take all the great adventures of the world. You could see all the wonders of the world from one end of the earth to the other. You can have coffee or tea with royalty. But if you don't make passing your faith on to your kids and to your grandkids the priority of your life, you blew it. You blew it. You blew it. And I don't want to blow it. It's too important. Their salvation is way too important. Like, what would you trade the salvation of your kids and your grandkids for in this world. There isn't anything. I don't care if you promised me all the treasures of the world, I would not take them. My kids are too important, right? They're just too valuable. Number three. Number three. Number one is my own personal growth. Number two is my kids and my grandkids would know Jesus. That's my bucket list. That's, that's our bucket list. I hope you're writing it down. Number three is this, that I would share the good news with my friends and my co-workers, right? It's very clear in the Great Commission, Jesus said, go and, tell, go and make disciples, right? Go tell people about him. Go make disciples. Baptize them. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded me. Be with you, and, and lo, I'm with you to the ends of the earth. That's so clear. There's, there's no, like, discrepancy there. God told us to go do that, Right? And in Jesus' ministry, right? He's a missionary. We said that last week. Jesus came for you and me to rescue us. It's very clear. He left heaven for you. He became one of us so that you might have his salvation, right? He came to you, right? That's what Jesus did. And he calls you and me to follow him. So I'm supposed to be like he is as much as I possibly can as a human being. His mission is my mission. I'm going to share the good news with my friends and my coworkers because that's what Jesus did with me. Right? And so that's what we're going to do. And we're going to be intentional about that. We're not going to just wait for it to happen, but we're going to try to get it to happen, try to bring things about, put ourselves in people's lives so that opportunities arise that allow us to share the good news. Psalm 96 says this, Sing to the Lord, praise His name. Each day, proclaim the good news, right? 
that he saves, that Jesus saves. Publish his glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about his amazing things that he has done. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. That's sharing, that's proclaiming, that's telling everyone, that's publishing the mighty, awesome deeds of God. That's telling people why you believe. That's simply just being real with people and sharing with them why your hope is in Him. Because the treasures of this world just do not get it. They'll never satisfy. And in the end, when it comes time to die, it will be better to have saved one soul It will be better to have been rich in trying to save souls than in having all the riches of this world, right? So so priority number three, bucket list number three is share Jesus. Find opportunities to share Jesus with your friends and your coworkers. And the last thing is this, number four is this, that I dare, that I dare to do something crazy and wild with my life for Jesus, Okay, if you live on this planet and, and, and you don't do this, you have really come up short. You haven't lived life to the full. You may have lived life, and it might even been in, in line with Jesus. But if you don't dare to do something crazy, something wild that's in line with Jesus, you have missed out. You have not pushed yourself as far as you could You have not allowed your faith to take you as far as you could. I challenge you. I challenge that number four on your bucket list that that you promise that you will dare. I'm not talking about bungee jumping or doing something wild and crazy like that. I'm talking about doing something for God that is so out there that everybody thinks you're nuts. Everybody. In the Bible, there's so many examples of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Right? Isn't that what you want to be like? You think about the apostles, right? You think about the apostles, just fishermen, stinky fishermen, tax collectors, people nobody cared about. And Jesus did something so crazy through them. I mean, they experienced amazing things, right? And the prophets, who else can say they were swallowed by a fish and lived to tell? Like, who else can do that? Like, who, who else can say we blew trumpets and the walls fell down? That was just crazy. Like, who else can say we built this huge ark and saved the world? Who else can say I walked on water? Think about Moses and so many just normal people like you who did crazy things for God. You know, there was this one event in the life of David that I want to close with. David, what a crazy, crazy, bold, brave, godly teenager, right? Teenager, teenager. Did you get that? Teenager. This is David, crazy David. So, so there's this great battle going on right back in Samuel Great big battle, and it's the Israelites against the Philistines, and you know the story. Brothers go off to war, little David's home watching the sheep. Dad asks him to bring supplies out to the front lines to his brothers to uh, bring them some cheese and some stuff, you know. So David brings the stuff out there to his brothers, and he checks on his brothers, and while he's doing that, he sees the armies are lined up, and he hears Goliath slandering God. And all the Israelites are like, we're going to let him get away with that because I'm not going out there to fight that guy. I don't want to die. David. Oh, David. David's like, what in tarnation are we doing letting him get away with this? 
Why would we stand here and let him do this to our God or say anything about our God? And so you know what happens? David goes to Saul. He asks if he can go out and fight Goliath. He tries on the armor. It doesn't fit. He takes some stones. He takes his sling and he goes out there. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, look what it says. David goes out there and he says to the Philistine, he says, you come against me with a sword and a spear and a javelin, but I come against you. In the name of the Almighty God, the Lord, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied, this day the Lord is going to deliver you into my hands. I'm going to strike you down and I'm going to cut off your head. That is so crazy. Holy mackerel. That's just crazy. That's nuts. There's this little teenage kid, all these grown men wearing all their armor. And there's little David just like, who the heck do you think you are? You will not talk to my, about my God like that. I'll be back. And he goes and he gets a sling and he comes back. And the next thing we know, there's a stone embedded in Goliath's head and he hits the ground and David cuts off his head and he comes back to Saul like holding this giant head. If that isn't crazy, I don't know what is. If that isn't bizarre, I don't know what. If that isn't bravery, for a, for a godly cause, I don't know what is. And I'm just saying, whatever your bucket list is, if it doesn't have on it somewhere in the top, dare to do something crazy and wild for the Lord before I check out, your bucket list isn't complete. You need to write that down right now. I am going to do something wild and crazy for the Lord before I die. And it doesn't matter how old you are. I don't, it doesn't matter, really. You could be 80 in this room. It doesn't matter. God still has time to do something crazy through you, amazing through you, something out of the ordinary through you. If you'll just say, God, I just want to do something. Show me. He will show, he will show you what he wants to do. David dared to do something crazy and big for the Lord. And I challenge you, don't live another day without, without being determined to do something. See, the movie Bucket List is about true joy, right? Finding true joy. It's about important things that really matter, making a list of things that matter. And so what I'd like you to do right now is just take a minute. You have your bulletins right there. Okay, on the back of it is some space if you still have space. Would you do me a favor? Find a pen and write something down that you're going to do this week that applies to what you just heard. Okay, take a minute right now. And just think about this and write something down. This is what I'm going to do. Different than anything I've done before, maybe. Something you've been putting off. But because, because of what I just heard, I'm going, to, I'm going to make a change. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to be intentional in, in what I'm doing with my walk in Jesus. I'm, I'm not going to just listen to the word, but I'm going to be a doer of the word. You know, that's, that's what this is about right now. So you write something down that you're going to do this week that's going to move you closer to God, that's going to put you out there so God can use you in a new way, maybe. Or maybe it's just a heart change. Maybe it's just a, I'm going to, I'm going to begin to cry out to God, use me in some, some unbelievable way. Don't even know what it might look like. Don't even know what it is, but God, use me in some unbelievable way. I see Hugo in the back over there, y'all. 
God does miracles. Father, we love you. And we know you love us. And we, we know, God, that you want what's best for us. You want us to not, you just don't say you want us to have true joy, but you truly want us to have true joy. Not the kind that the world gives, because the kind the world gives is shallow and it's empty and it, it leaves us wanting something else. And what that something else is, is you. So I pray today that you would help us to seek our joy in you, completely in you, knowing that that might mean hard times come our way. But we know that those hard times are coming to make us better, to make us stronger, to make us more reliant on you, to help us realize that the things that we think are important aren't important, and you are important, and holding on to you is what's important. And that we would create in our own heart, Father, a list of things that are most important to you and most important to us and our family and to our friends. Things that are eternal, things that are connected to forever. Not things of this world that are temporary and satisfy for just a moment. God, we want to be more like you. And we need your help. Father, we need you to help us, help us think straight, help us act straight, help us to, to line ourselves up with you, God, in your mind, in your heart. Love you so much. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Help us, Father, to love you so much that we would go to the ends of the earth to bring one more person to you. God, move in our hearts. Use us for your glory. We just love you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.